It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike along with Joe Medora. And we got you up until 7 o'clock today on this 7th day of October. 6.06 on the clock and 80 degrees and mostly sunny outside here in southeast Ohio. Again, Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. And our phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. 740-592-6646. The big local news today, the Mid-American Conference has released their schedules as, yep, the MAC is back. We've got Ohio State coming back on October 24th. We've got Ohio football coming back on November 4th, and that should be a good lineup of games. Central Michigan, Akron, Miami, Bowling Green, Buffalo, at Kent State, and then the Mid-American Conference championship game, which is slated for Friday, December 18th. It's a little ways off. We're still... Uh, now under a month before the Mid-American Conference gets started back up again, but they're going to open up the season away at Central Michigan on November 4th and then continue with midweek games all the way through until Bowling Green on Saturday, November 28th. So that first Saturday after Thanksgiving, they've got the 28th against Bowling Green, then a Saturday against Buffalo at Kent State to wrap up the season on December 12th. Uh, so we got the midweek action coming back, and we get that back in early. It's kind of flipped from where the beginning of the season normally would be. Normally it's you know Mid-American Conference games you know, on Saturdays, and then they flip to midweek action, but now they've, they've flipped the schedule here in this flipped 2020 year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of cold football games uh, starting in November. I mean, none of these places you really – get a break luckily they don't have to go up to buffalo in december because uh <laughs> that'd be a brutal one even during the day on a saturday uh so yeah it's, it's uh i think it's a favorable schedule you know you, it, you who's the toughest team on there buffalo you know i mean of course miami's coming off the the mac uh, championship last year and they were a solid team but akron's been down bowling green's been down kent state they had pretty decent offense last year but you know nothing that ohio couldn't handle and then central michigan the kind of hit or miss type of team really in the MAC they have their ups and down years so we'll see I mean gonna be tough to start off the season on the road obviously but I think it's another season Connor where we we hear the goal for this team should be to be playing in Detroit for the MAC championship and that's what it was you know at the beginning of the year I mean before the pandemic hit I guess it was when the pandemic was ongoing because, you know, it was back when basketball season was just about to wrap up. Uh, and we had, you know, Bobcats men's team was on the floor up in, what is that, Quicken Loans Arena? Or they, uh, uh, Rocket Mortgage. Change, Rocket Mortgage. Rocket man. Mortgage Fieldhouse, yeah. Uh, but they were out there, they were practicing, they were having their game, but uh, then the Mid-American Conference canceled it. However, uh, then they have the, you know, they, they released, you know, the preseason, the MAC standings, where coaches thought that these teams might land should they have a full season. And then it went down to, uh, you know, no no season. You know, they did not have a, uh, you know, they were planning on spring season. And now, overall, the, the, the point is, they were ranked first. Bobcats were supposed to go out there and find themselves in Detroit 
and find themselves in the Mid-American Conference game uh, for that championship game. And I think that goal still is, you know, that's the overall goal for the Bobcats, to, to go out there, compete, and go get that title. Yeah, and I mean, the past two years' teams, I mean, especially the team of 2018, I mean, they were loaded. They were, that was a really good team, but they slipped up out in, out in Oxford against Miami, and, you know, that kind of ended all that. They beat a Buffalo team, beat the brakes off them here that, uh, you know, we're starting to get looks on whether they should be ranked or not. You know, they were, that was a really good Buffalo team with uh, Jackson, at quarterback, who ended up being a, a NFL draft pick at one point, but Ohio just stopped them, right? And then, of course, you go on to win the bowl game. They shut out San Diego State. Then the next year, it's like, all right, this is, uh, this is Nathan's senior year. This is the time that we're going to go do it. Now, of course, they were a lot younger at the skill positions as they lost a lot of their offense, guys like Poppy White and A.J. Olette and uh, Malik Irons, you know, big parts of the offense. But they thought they had the skill guys to plug in. And we saw they got off to a bit of a slow start in non-conference play. But they went up to Buffalo, got a big win in overtime, and it looked like, all right, this is going to be, they're going to be able to capture it this year. And then, you know, of course, Miami comes into town this time around, uh, celebrating 100 years of college football. Uh, pretty packed, probably the most packed I've ever seen, Pete, in, in my time here by, by far. And uh, you slip up on that one. They lose on a long field goal late 24-21 in a game where, you know, they were favored to win again. So a couple, uh, couple, couple tough ones. I mean, especially the 2018 team because you knew they were probably the best team in the MAC because they absolutely stomped what was considered the best team. But then, you know, last year it seemed like, you know, everything was going their way to be able to make the trip this time around. And uh, this ended up falling short. Another tough loss to Miami. Of course, they did once again redeem themselves in the bowl game, which, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's cool to win a bowl game, obviously. But since the, the, the conference title hasn't been won here in so long, I feel like that's, that's the, the one thing that's eluded Solich in his tenure here, and uh, it's, you know, he's, get, he's getting up there. He's running out of time. Uh, it's, it's the reality. I know he just got the extension and all, but, you know, I, I wouldn't expect in the next, you know, three, four, five years to still have Frank around. Yeah, he's not going to sign another tenure contract. No. No, probably, uh, you know, again, they have a, a good team this year. You got to hope, and you got to see how they've been preparing. I mean, a couple new faces, especially you know, underneath center, uh, whether it be Curtis Rourke or whether it be you know, any of the other quarterbacks in that quarterback room. We talked about it with offensive coordinator Tim Albin about a month ago. I it's mean, a young, it's been it's a, a while. Yeah, it's a, it's a young quarterback room this year yeah. for sure. So you, you got a new quarterback in there. It's not going to be Nathan Rourke. It's, maybe it could be a Rourke, but you know, I think that door is open. It's a competition, and whoever comes forward you know, has to lead this team with some high expectations this year couple notes on the season so far for the Mid-American Conference. Uh, no general public attendance or tailgating will be allowed at the games. Participation of marching band, dance, cheer, and spirit squads at football games will be guided by conference protocols and uh, at institutional direction, consistent with public health guidelines. Uh, so that was in the Ohio Bobcat release uh, that they had later today or earlier today. And, um, yep. No fans, but you got to go after that TV revenue. Got to go after that, uh, you know, watch it on TV, listen to it on the radio. You know, of course, we're a Bobcat. We're the flagship station for the Ohio Bobcats over at WXTQ Power 105. We got Russ and Rob. Uh, try to get Russ on on the program as, as we get closer near towards the, the football season for the Bobcats. But, you know, it is a, a good sign. You got the schedule, and you got to hope that everybody does the right thing and, and keeps the coronavirus 
under control as these seasons move forward. Yeah, and uh, you know, you mentioned we talked just talked about the young quarterback room they have that uh, Coach Alvin told us about when he called in. And you know, he he said he likes the progress of all the guys. He said it's going to be a tight battle to figure out. He made it seem like Curtis was uh, kind of the leading candidate at that point, which makes sense. He's been here a whole season. You know, he uh, graduated early, got to got there early, and was able to be around for last season, at least practicing and things like that. Obviously, he didn't get on the field to play as a redshirt, but um, obviously. You don't want your biggest question mark on offense to be the quarterback, right? Uh, and it's never that encouraging of a sign. But what you do got to look at is look at all the skill guys you have coming back. I mean, your top three rushing running backs, O'Shawn Allison at 800 yards last year, Demontre Tuggle 600 yards last year, and also he's a big big force in the passing game as well. Julian Ross, he was a little banged up last year. I know people were really excited to see what he was potentially going to do, and then he ended up getting injured, and obviously that limited his amount of time. Uh but he's coming back, all three of those guys. Then, of course, you look at receiver as well. Isaiah Cox, your really leading, leading receiver last year, he's coming back. You got both the Lorman, Shane Hooks, who was, uh, showed some promise as a freshman last year. Cam Odom, big body on the outside. Jerome Buckner did some things in the slot as well as Ty Walton. So you got to be encouraged that despite the fact that you're bringing in a new quarterback, it's got to help the development a lot to have a lot of guys in there who have been there before. They've been in the system and uh, they're going to be ready to go right away. So despite the fact they're going to be young at quarterback, they are quite experienced at every other position uh, on the offense side of the ball. And, of course, they do have a couple new linemen as well, and that's also a big part of things. But Coach Alvin made it seem like uh, they had some, some leading candidates uh, that he thinks are going to step in and play well. So whoever gets the nod at quarterback uh, will at least have the benefit of having a, a lot of experience around them. That's always good. You know, I mean, as long as you have that experience, somebody who can guide them through. I mean, it's a rare, you know, sign. Like like with Burrow already being named captain his rookie year for the Bengals. I mean, that that's you know very rare that that your rookie starting quarterback will have that you know, title placed on him. Uh, so it, it's always a good thing when you have a team with experience. You have others who can lead and uh, you know kind of help this team get going as fast as possible. Uh, in this new and, and weird 2020 football season, which, again, uh, open up at Central Michigan versus Akron. So that's home at Peden, away at Miami, home versus Bowling Green and Buffalo, and then wraps up the regular season away at Kent State. And then that elusive Mid-American Conference Championship game on Friday, December 18th for the Bobcats. Hopefully they're playing there. You know, Hopefully we got you know, Mid-American Conference football on the airwaves come Friday, December 18th. Do you think this year, if this is the year they finally put it together and win it, that it gets a bit devalued due to the fact that they're only going to play six conference games, uh, you're only playing one team on the other divi- uh, in the other division in the MAC and things like that? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Ohio fans will definitely take it because it's been so long since uh, they've had that title. But do you think it will be devalued in the eyes of, of others? See, I would not devalue it by any means. I think that, if anything, it's going to be tougher because you don't have those many games to get prepared and get ready. You don't have any room for for uh, any slip-ups. You, know, you, you can't lose to you know, Miami and both. You can't have back-to-back bad weeks. I mean, you got to come out of this regular season. It's a six-game regular season. you got to come out at least 5-1 and one to give yourself a shot, if not undefeated. 
yeah, you know, to, we'll, to go through. We'll have to see the, the state of everybody else. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's gonna... I, it, I think it's going to be even harder to go and get that Mid-American Conference title this year than it would be in other years. And I'll also say the only real criteria that you might say, well, I don't think anybody's going to be breaking any records in a six-week regular season. You know, so I, I would not put a whole lot of chips uh, in the stats that these players put up. You know, because, again, it, it's a shortened season. you got some teams who are playing 10 weeks. you got other teams who are playing eight. Some are going seven, six. You know, it's, it's almost impossible to actually figure out, you know, you might have favorites to who's a Heisman or favorites who's the, the player of the year in each conference, uh, which will be harder. But you can't compare them like uh, you know, it, it's related to baseball, right? I mean, you can't compare the stats from 20 years ago to today's stats because it was a shortened 60-game season. Uh, so individual records maybe be devalued, but I still wouldn't see it that way. Well, football, you're it's not going to be. There's not going to be any individual yeah. records broken. I mean, if you break a record in six less games, anybody else plays, then I mean, that's obviously even better. You, you earn it. Yeah. Uh, but that's to, to answer that question. I mean, it's going to be harder this year. You know, you, you can't have that conference loss that. That derails you. You can't, you know, really bounce back. And uh, it, as soon as you have that loss, it, it's going to be tough. But this year, there is no Northern Illinois. I know uh, the Huskies have given the Bobcats a lot of trouble over the past two years. I mean, I went over to uh, to that Illinois game last year, the NIU game, uh, two years ago. And oh, so they came here last year. I believe yeah. that was, uh, I think it was homecoming when two, NIU came last year. Right. Two back-to-back -back years where it was winnable uh, that the Bobcats let it slip away. And then back-to-back -back years against the, uh, the Red Hawks, against Miami, that the Bobcats, you know, really could not um, get, get that win against them. Uh, first time in Soldier's career they've lost back-to-back -back years to Miami. So, again, it, it is a tough year. Uh, I wouldn't devalue anything that they do. And they're in it, you know. They, they got fall, winter football back, which is always a, a good sign to see. And now you just got to hope for the health and safety of everybody else as they conduct this season uh, starting again on November 4th. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the MAC hasn't left themselves any room for error here, really, you know, starting in November. The Big Ten's kind of the same way as they only start a couple weeks before. I mean, these other conferences like the SEC, ACC that, started playing in September, they allowed for when there was some kind of COVID outbreak to happen that they had time to make games up. You don't have that playing in November. I mean, unless you're going to continue to play into the new year if, if a team can't go because of, because of coronavirus. Uh, so, I mean, you know, that's not really an option. Like, they're really hoping that these uh, athletes in the MAC and Big Ten are uh, going to you know, avoid a, having a big outbreak. They're going to follow all the protocols necessary. But, I mean, it seems like a lot of the big colleges at one point or another had some kind of outbreak on their on their football teams. So uh, it, I don't really know why they're deciding to wait so long to, to start playing. Well, again, I mean, it was a difficult decision to cancel the season for everybody. You know, Big Ten followed suit, and as did the Pac-12. But, you know, once everybody started up and, and – getting their seasons going again for the fall winter you know, season for football uh i think it would have been an even worse look if the mid-american conference did not have a football season you know comparatively you know, you're in the ncaa division one and if everybody else is having football 
I mean, it, it, as a conference, it looks bad if you don't have that football season. So you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but a lot of goes into trying to quickly get this season up and going. And, yes, it might be late, but better late than ever. And for the Bobcats, again, starting on the 4th, and to your point, and we talked about this a little bit with high school football. If there's a, a COVID outbreak, there's no room to reschedule anything. I mean, maybe you can just have a game. I don't think it's going to be televised, you know, but maybe just have a game when two-week quarantine period is over. But, or just make sure that nobody else has tested positive. But, you know, that championship game in Detroit is set for December 18th. You know, you got to rent out that facility. Ford Field, the home of the Detroit Lions. I mean, it, you really can't adjust maybe if they work with you there. But if you have to cancel that game for any reason, it, it, even the, the championship game could be in question because of you know, health concerns. So right. it doesn't leave any room for, for any rescheduling, doesn't leave any room for any, you know, what have you. Yeah, and another thing Kyle's going to have to try to figure out, I don't know what the bowl game situation is going to be this year. I have a hard time believing they're going to start sending all these schools to all these different places across the country to play in bowl games. But when it comes to the college football playoffs, I mean, the MAC probably, well, they won't have to worry about this. The Big Ten might, though. Ohio State might have to. How are you going to weigh in a 6-0 and team versus, versus a 10-9 or 10-0 or team? You know, how are you going to decide who's the best four out of that? I mean, that's going to cause a, a whole a whole ruckus if you're trying to do the college football playoffs with four teams. I mean, you know, they always say it's the best four teams, it's the eye test, it's whatever. Well, you're really going to have to put that to the task because if you try to throw in a 6-0 and team over perhaps a ACC team that went, you know, 10-0, and uh, I think quite a stick is going to be raised about that one because I know, I mean, Ohio State's the prime example, right? They were preseason top, were they top two? two. They were yeah, number two. Clemson won Ohio State, too. Yeah, so obviously the expectations were huge for them this year. I think people expected them to be right back in the playoffs and potentially the national championship this time around. And, uh, you know, they could end up getting uh, getting bitten by, you know, not playing as many games as, as some of these other teams did. We'll see how much weight they hold into their preseason rankings. Right. And to, to go off of that, I mean, I still see – you know, the, the college football playoff committee doing what the AP poll did to begin the season. You know, they're going to value and they're going to put in whoever they think should be put in. If Ohio State is undefeated this year and, and they look like the team that could challenge Clemson, then they're going to put them in. Even if you have an ACC team that has an undefeated record and more games played, they're still probably going to favor the perennial powerhouses which would include, you know, Ohio State. I don't think Notre Dame's going to get in there. Did, are they undefeated this year? I haven't yes. Really, yeah. The, I mean, Notre Dame may be an off chance, but they've, they've been a power of, of the past. Well, they're probably going to um, play Clemson in the ACC championship game, the right. way things are going. That's true. They could, but do you, how about that? Do you put two ACC teams in over an undefeated Pac-12 team? I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you got to see. I think, I guess, strength of schedule is going to be, uh, you know, that, you know, conference, the strength of your conference is going to be big. I mean, we already see it. The SEC usually gets two teams in there if whenever whenever they can for the, the college football playoffs. Oklahoma, they always get in. They always get trounced in their first game, you know. So 
yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they try to uh, to try to sort this all out. I mean, they still have Ohio State top ten in the AP poll without playing a game, so it's it's weird. It's a little weird. I think Penn State might be top ten too if you scroll down a little bit. Yeah, Penn. So yeah, Penn State's number nine. Yeah, which. Which that will be, that's a, that's the second week of the Big Ten season, Ohio State, Penn State. That'll be a, a good one. See, that's the thing that I don't understand why the AP did it that way. Because putting the poll together, and now we're at week five, right? So we're through week five, and you know the teams that have been playing, that have been ranked, just get kicked out because Big Ten says, and the Pac-12 says, hey, we're playing this year. Right. They didn't play a game yet. They have nothing to show for it. Well, yes, Ohio State should be ranked when they start playing. Now, why are they ranked now? I don't know. But Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame are your top five. All those teams have been playing so far this year. Uh, Alabama. Notice three SEC good. schools. Yeah. Well, Clemson won. Uh, Clemson for ACC. ACC. Yeah, the uh, SEC, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. And then two ACC schools, and we're counting Notre Dame as ACC this year. Yeah. Um, that's the perfect 3 0 record for Clemson at the top, and then Notre Dame 2 0. So it, it's just a, a weird, wacky year for the, the college football committee trying to figure out, you know, who makes it in, what bowl games get played. Uh, are, are you going to even have the Rose Bowl this year? If it's one of the playoff games, sure. But uh, yeah. I don't know. As I said, I don't think bowl games will be a thing. I don't think you're gonna send all these different schools all over the place. Might have maybe you'll play the New Year Six or something like that. But I don't think you know. I don't think we're gonna see a Beefo Brady's Bowl this year. What about an Idaho Potato Bowl? Nah, that probably doesn't make the cut either. I, that was a good game last year. That I don't care about how good the game was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about you know we're dealing with a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the uh, there's. Taking a look at the AP poll right now, Texas, I mean, that was a big loss for them. They were nine and dropped to 22nd. Mm. Um, and then you got a, uh, how do you justify Minnesota? Nothing to nothing this year. They haven't even played yet. And they're the 25th ranked team. Michigan at 20. They went from 23 to uh, 20th. Yeah. And they didn't even play a game. Well, they didn't lose anybody. They didn't lose anybody. <laughs> they didn't play anybody either. That's just... Uh, it's a weird year, to say the least. Anyway, we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. we got more sports topics and, of course, your phone calls at 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. 
Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the sports fan on the 97s at WATH. Mills and Mike along with Joey Medore. 6.30 on the clock. We've got 34 minutes of our program until we throw it to CBS News at the top of the hour. I heard back from Coach Rusty Richards yesterday. We will have the two Athens County games of the week next week, of course, since Nelsonville, York, and the Trimble Tomcats are both off with buys. They're in the top eight. They get that first week buy in the OHSAA playoffs, uh, and then we got to wait and see who they will face. But Trimble will be on Friday the 16th, and Nelsonville, York on Friday the 17th, and you can hear all the games throughout the OHSA playoffs on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, or online at WXTQ.com backslash Power 105, or you can download the app. It's on mobile, uh, iOS, and Android devices. Uh, you can just search it up, WXTQ Power 105. You can even listen to this program through any of those means as well, except you got to select you know, the... Uh, W-A-T-H option, as that's what it is right here. Uh, but still, you know, looking forward to the high school football season. Uh, looking forward to you know, all these games starting back up. It'll be busy, but it'll be a, a fun time, to say the least. Uh, what has changed a little bit, uh, saw earlier today, Cincinnati Reds' Dick Williams has resigned as the Reds' president of baseball operations. Nick Crawl will continue in his role as the team's vice president and general manager. Uh, got to meet Dick a little bit earlier on this year. Seemed like a nice guy back in February. I believe he was a part of the Reds caravan. If you were at the Athens uh, Community Center back on February, I think the 8th or 15th, somewhere in that ballpark where the, the Reds caravan was, was here in Athens. Uh, he was a part of that trip. It was good hearing from him. It was good he seeing him at the Reds affiliate day for the Reds radio network. Uh, like what he did, and you know the Reds will now have to find somebody to, to fill that void. But by reading and seeing the comments by a couple of his colleagues, uh, you know he leaves under the the best of terms, and he is pursuing a, a interest outside of just baseball. So uh, you got to wish him the best of luck, and uh, wish whoever takes his place good luck as they they try to get the Reds back up and going and and uh, uh, firing on all cylinders. But well. It's not a, a, a particularly bad project to walk into right now. I mean, right. You have a lot of talent there. They came coming off a playoff season, obviously expanded, uh, had a play into that, and then, of course, their playoff performance left, uh, at the very least, something to be desired um, since they didn't score a run. 
But, uh, you know, you got the pitch in there. You got a couple pieces in the field. Uh, the bullpen, obviously, you got to fix. And they got a good farm system right now. So that's, it's definitely a good situation to walk into. It's kind of one of those, if you're looking for a position like that, where, you know, you can get in there. And if you can turn things around quickly, I mean, Cincinnati, they're looking, they're dying for a sports team to give them something to root for right now. I just know they were just excited to see the Reds back in the postseason. And you saw how good they could be in the last few weeks stretch of the season. Uh, the pitching was dominant. The hitting was there when they needed it. It still wasn't anything special, but it wasn't near as bad as it as it had been previously in the season and as it was in those two playoff games against Atlanta. But uh, it's a yeah, it's a spot where you sh- could make some things happen. I mean, obviously, you know, Bauer's probably going to win the Cy Young. Uh, he was ridiculously good, especially down the stretch this year. Uh, Castillo had a good performance in the postseason and the regular season. Still got Sonny Gray. You got you got the pieces to potentially do something. Uh, and it looks like the Cubs might be at, starting to be in a position where they might look to rebuild too after another failed postseason for them as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do in the offseason here. Do you spend the money and get more years out of Trevor Bauer? After the performance that he had for the Reds this year, are you willing to cough up the, the cash that it's going to take to keep Bauer in Cincinnati? I would be. That's a bona fide ace you got right there. Uh, a guy you can throw out there every day, especially in the National League where the pitchers usually dominate, and he's going to throw six, seven innings, strong baseball. And that can be – you need a guy like that to get where you want to go in baseball. If you have the pitching, you can find guys that, that can have a hot year at the plate. It happens all the time where a guy just – just gets really hot for a couple of years hitting-wise. But if you can find the pitching, you got to keep it around. Now, after this season, you're going to have to pay him a lot because the big fish are going to come. You know, the Yankees are probably going to take a stab. They need some pitching. The Dodgers always seem to land somebody somehow with what they have. You know, the Red Sox, another team that they struggled this year, so they're going to be look, looking to change things around fast. The, the big markets are going to come after him. Uh, but if you have the means to do it, there's no reason that you shouldn't bring back Trevor Bauer after what he proved he could do this year. Well, and you mentioned the teams, right? I mean, the Yankees probably want another big starter, and they can spend a whole lot of money to, to go out there and get a starter like Trevor Bauer. The Mets are under new ownership, can go out there and spend a bunch of money. Their new owner, uh, Steve Cohen, who just bought the team in cash for $2.4 billion dollars. Cash. I mean, that's insane amount of money. Uh, but he, he bought the... the uh, it's a lot of cash. It makes, it makes you think something, something little sneaky is going on there. He's a hedge fund billionaire. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's anything sneaky going on there. At least at saying that from a, a Mets fan standpoint, I hope not. Uh, I don't think there is anything. He's, he's got his money. Um, but he also went out there and uh, he bought a $140 million statue where it's, if you, you can pull it up online, just type in Steve Cohen's statue, and it'll come up with this $140 million thing, and it just points. It's a pointing statue. It's a skinny pointing statue. And I know nothing about art, uh, but if he's willing to drop money like that on a statue, that's almost Jacob deGrom, who is a back-to-back Cy Young Award winner's you know, salary, which is $158 million uh, total over five years. So if he's going to spend money on that, you got to imagine that he's going to come up knocking on Trevor Bauer's door. Um and, of course, the other big market teams as well, with the Red Sox, with uh, whoever else. It will be a, a uh, interesting season, off-season for Trevor Bauer as he, 
He said it himself. All options are on the table. And I guess he responded on Twitter to a Reds fan who's thanked him for his, his year this year with the Reds and said that he was excited to, to watch him all season long. Uh, he said, what, am I going anywhere? Or all options are open. I mean, he's not ruling out the Reds. Uh, he's not saying that he's staying with the Reds. But it, it will be one of those guys to see how fast that he comes off that free agent market. I think it's going to move a lot quicker than it did with Bryce Harper when he was kind of stuck on that free agent market for a while until the Phillies ponied up some money. Um, it, it will definitely move, I think, faster this offseason than it has in the past couple of years. Yeah, and as I said, the, the money is going to come. Uh, pitchers, you know, when a pitcher finds a home ballpark that he likes, you know, they'll do anything to stay there because, I mean, as you know, Connor, there's some ballparks uh, in baseball that are just doesn't matter how good you are. They're really tough to pitch it. You know, the balls fly out easily. They got jet streams all over the place. It's a small, you know, short porch in right or left field down the line, so you don't got to hit it all that far to get homers. So if you can get into a, a ballpark that you really had success in, which Trevor Bauer did in Cincinnati, you know, you can get a guy to, to stick around. That's, that's a big factor, you would think. Um, you know, obviously the money is always going to be a big part in sports. That's just how it goes. But, you know, when you have a year like he did, a career year in a place, you know, you would think it'd be a little more difficult to leave than, uh, than uh, you know, obviously. Right. You know, sometimes the grass isn't greener on the other side. Right. And, and if you leave the Mets, the grass is greener. I mean, Darno last last night uh, did a lot for, for the Braves, but – it all depends on what team that, that you go to and, and what happens where. Um, just got to wait and see where Bauer goes. I love how you always try to make a Mets pity party on this show. Well, I mean, we're, 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 we're talking about the Reds, and you got to uh, yeah. come on and throw out the, the tra- Travis Darno playing well. The grass has been greener ever since you know, the Mets. Or How about this? I'll, I'll keep it a little bit local. Jason Bay had better years with uh, Pittsburgh than he did with the Mets. Is that fair? Yeah, I don't know how that was, was. How is that more local? The, well, I mean, it's it's at least up. Uh, Pittsburgh's not that far away from here. What? No, two hours? We, two, there's three? plenty of professional teams in the state. Oh yeah, I'm, is Pittsburgh really only two or three hours from here? I don't think it's that long. Uh, you could you could go there and back in a day. But yeah, see what Bauer does. Does he stay where where he's had his success, or will he go for uh, for bigger? bigger uh, markets and bigger um, uh, salary for him. Got to wait and find out. Either way, we'll talk NFL coming up next. And, of course, your calls at 740-592-6646. The Sportsman on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. This is Ken Ryan. I'm running for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly, and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than 1,000 cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for Judge. Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 10 o'clock p.m. 
Head on over to Larry's Doghouse over on West Union Street in Athens. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. At Ohio Health, we'd like to remind you that even in the face of a pandemic, other health issues don't just go away. Every 40 seconds, someone still has a heart attack. A stroke won't just hold off until all this is over. And knowing the signs and risk factors for both is as important as ever. It's time to take back your health safely. And like always, Ohio Health is here to help you do it. Visit OhioHealth.com to find out more. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. It's a sports fan right here on 970 WATH, presented by JK Contracting. Mills and Mike, along with Joe Medor. Catch up until 7 o'clock. Phone lines are open at 740-592-6646. In the NFL, uh, it's some disappointing news, I guess, if you're a Buckeye fan, if you enjoyed watching Haskins play football. Uh, he has been demoted not only to the second string, but he's fallen behind Alex Smith with the Washington football team. And now he is the third string quarterback for the Washington football team. Uh, a little bit, well, a lot of bit, not what you expected from the 15 overall pick. Uh, in not last year's, but two years ago's draft. Uh, they, they wanted him as a franchise quarterback, but he has just not lived up to those expectations so far in his career. I mean, it's, it's so tough, though. It's his second year starting, or second year in the league. First year being the full-time starter. He's coming off his best game against the Ravens. I mean, obviously, they still lost by 14, but he didn't play bad. You know, he got the offense down the field at times, and they put the ball in the end zone a couple times, and, you know, he managed the game pretty well, didn't turn the ball over. The only turnover was a fumble by one of his receivers. So... Yeah, a bit of a quick leash there. Uh, it's I don't know. It, it makes it seem like there was something deeper than football because it's just weird that coming off his best game of the season, they decide to rip him out of there and you know put him all the way down at the bottom of the depth chart. I read a story today that he didn't even take any snaps in practice. So, I, I mean, I understand Ron Rivera's first year there, um, and obviously they had a lot of turnover in Washington this year, and the current... Uh, current people running things weren't the ones who drafted Haskins so maybe it's one of those things where well we didn't want this guy so we don't really care if he plays or not 
But I don't know. It's it's so weird with such a young quarterback to have this much of a, you know, it's not like you have some kind of stud, like a Tua waiting behind him to take his job. Like, that happens sometimes. Right. So the way that Ron Rivera is phrasing this benching is that you know, he has not had enough snaps. He has not had enough time to learn the new system that Ron Rivera is implementing. and So how does taking him out fix that? Well, he says, uh, Washington's first-year coach defended the 2019 uh, first-round pick for having an NFL arm, but lamented Haskins not getting enough snaps to make him ready for this. So basically, he's just saying that he needs more time in practice before he's game ready. So, And I guess Allen had some kind of familiarity with him with Carolina before sure. Rivera went to Washington. So. I mean, maybe they're just trying to get somebody in there who knows the, the game plan uh, like the back of their hand. But, again, it, it's not a good sign to see that Haskins isn't ready. Some NFL coaches are so funny to me. Like, what, do you, what is he even saying? We, we, he doesn't have enough snaps in the offense, so to fix that problem, we're going to take him out of the starting lineup. And also, we're going to not have him practice. We're going to watch him watch the ones and the twos all day. How? How does that fix the issue of not having enough snaps to run the offense? Well, in a way, it doesn't. it's like a backhanded compliment. He's like, well, we're just going to take him out. We know he's good enough, but he just hasn't had enough reps. That doesn't, make, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But in the division that they're in, I mean, you got the Washington football team, you've got the Eagles, you've got the Giants, and you've got the Cowboys. Right now, a team... And the Eagles at 1, 2, and 1 are tied at the top with the Cowboys. They are at the top. They're at the top because of the tie. Like, Washington, and I think maybe, I can't speak for Ron Rivera, but maybe he's trying to make a move to win a couple of these football games here because... Well, you know who beat the team at the top? Down 17 nothing, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, this is this is I if you if I just wish he'd come out and say I don't want him to be my starting quarterback. The whole stupid thing about uh, I just don't know if he's had enough reps yet. That that doesn't I don't think that's true at all. I think yeah. it's just a coach trying to save face. Yep. I don't know. Again, I mean, with with what's quoted in the AP article, you know, uh, they're going to replace him with the backup Allen with uh, Haskins inactive after not having enough time to learn a new system in his second year in the NFL. And whose fault? That's the coach's fault. You didn't get him ready. Well, yeah, but at the other end of that, too, like you heard the stories in Cincinnati where even before Joe was drafted, he was sent the playbook and he was learning it and he was getting ready. That way, he didn't even have a preseason. At least Haskins had a preseason. Again, different. different no, you uh, can't compare that. They weren't running the same offense. Right. It's different coaching staff, different offense. Um, but somehow in a pandemic you know, a, a rookie quarterback, even the same with Herbert, right, with the, with the Chargers. They seem to be performing well under new coaching staffs for the each individual athlete that Haskins has been able to adjust with Ron Rivera. And, and that's not a good sign as a, as a competitor and as a, somebody that you picked to be the franchise quarterback of your team, that he can't pick up whatever Ron Rivera is, is putting down. And that's so. By that logic, course. Baker Mayfield should be benched by now because he hasn't played that well in the offense. What the the logic that Ron Rivera's having? That's yeah, yeah. Baker Mayfield was terrible last year. He didn't get benched. 
No, he worked through it. Now, maybe because you had the Ravens in that division. Um, I, I think the division matters. No. I just because think, you still have a chance to go out there and win. I like. I'm not sitting here thinking Haskins is some kind of phenomenal quarterback. He hasn't been, but I just don't like this fake story of well, we we think he's got an NFL arm, but no, I don't think that's what's going on here. Just so you don't want him. Yeah. But and, that's that's really what's going on here. I think you're trying to say, well, you know, he's just not ready for the system, and how giving him less snaps is somehow going to get him more prepared to run the system correctly doesn't make any sense. And on top of that, it wasn't a demotion to the backup quarterback role. He was going all the way down to three. Right. On the depth chart. Which, I mean, has to leave you to believe that this is something else that, that, I don't know, it's weird. It's, again, it's not a good look for Haskins. You know, you wish him the best. You know, he he did a a nice job with the Buckeyes uh, during his time at Ohio State. Um, But just, again, it's not, not ideal that your quote-unquote franchise quarterback is now the third string because he wasn't able to learn the system in a short amount of time. I mean, and also the the combined record of the three teams they've lost to is eight and four. And this year, that's pretty good. Because you got, who'd you have? You had the Eagles. They beat them, lost to the Cardinals, lost to the Browns, and lost to the Ravens. All good quality teams. It's, I, I don't agree with the move if they believe that he is their quarterback of the future. But then again, by making this move, they are saying he might not be the, the quarterback of the future for the Washington football team. I mean, he threw for 314 yards against the Ravens. It's a really good secondary. Now, of course, they were trailing most of the game, so they had to throw the ball, but they still, I don't know. That's he hit weird. his receivers. Yeah. And he's, what about turnovers? Uh, he didn't turn the ball. He had three picks against Cleveland, but uh, other than that, he's hadn't had a turnover in any of the other games. Yeah, so something something else behind the scene, probably right. I mean, I'm I'm in this boat with you too. That's what I'm saying. I I understand if Rivera's point is I didn't draft him, so I I have no kind of you know connection to this guy to having to make this work. I understand that completely. But to say you're not playing him because of lack of experience no kidding it's his first year starting in the nfl for the full season right and again he pulled the plug on haskins after his third consecutive loss and just his 11th pro pro start so it just does not 11 games in and you're already moving away from your guy yeah and if you say he's not your guy then all right that's fine you know he's still signed by the team he's still making the money but to have him just not to sit, to uh, to to not even you know have any results on the upcoming game this week, then it's just not not ideal. Uh, as, as you're uh, again the guy that you drafted, who who you spent a first round pick on, and I get it for some first round picks might be busts, but to just give up after eleven games. I mean, that's like if if you said. Joe right now, obviously Haskins isn't playing as well, but he's not playing awful. It's like if you said, well, Burrow's not winning right now, so we got to pull him. Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, Peyton Manning's first year went 3-13. and the, the, the Colts never once thought about yanking him out of there. I believe Troy Aikman went winless in his first 10 or 11 career starts. Those are two Hall of Famers. I don't know. Right. It's, it's, it's weird. It's and, a weird... Uh, and do you think that they didn't know the system, or do you think there was just a 
a bad football team. Perhaps. They were on. Uh, do we think the Washington football team is loaded this year? I don't think anybody thinks that. It's not like you're surrounding Dwayne Haskins with the, with the cream of the crop talent-wise. Right. They have a couple pieces. I mean, their best, their best option is Terry McLaurin, another Buckeye. But, uh, you know, other than that, they don't have anybody that really scares you on that offense. And the defense, I mean, they nothing special either. Chase Young, not a Buckeyes on Washington. Now I think about it. Chase Young, I mean, he was having a good first couple of weeks. He's hurt now. Other than that, who scares you on the defense? It's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a really short leash he was on. And I would like to know the real reason why, not just... He doesn't know the system. Well, maybe I'm, if, if that is the reason, do you blame him for, for benching him? Uh, I, if he does not have any inkling on what the system is, maybe it's been miscommunication. I mean, I don't know. Like, what are we expecting him to go out there and do? They had, you know, trying to pull up the stats here, but they had a fairly good game against the Ravens, yards-wise. I mean... They finished the game with, I believe, over 400 yards of offense. How much more efficient do you want them to get? Obviously, you want them to get the ball in the end zone a little bit more, but still, I mean. 400 yards. It's not bad. 350. 350. Right. They only outgained by seven yards. And again, from a team that does not have that, as you put it, you know, the cream of the crop talent around them, it's a pretty good offensive showing against a very good defense. Right. Yeah, and I, I just and I also like Kyle Allen. I don't think he's going to come in and all of a sudden they're going to light the world on fire next week. No, who do they have next week? I I didn't get an opportunity. I to believe see. the Rams. Uh so they they might not even have. I don't know if it was another team. I might say all right, maybe and they're, they're going out west. It. So yeah, so it, it's it's another tough game for them anyway. It is what it is. Anyway, up to Cleveland with the Browns. Uh, they might be the only NFL team that could lose a star running back and not miss a beat. Nick Chubb sprained his right knee and is sidelined for at least the next three weeks. But Cleveland has a perfect backup in Kareem Hunt, a former league rushing champion with Kansas City. Hunt and the team's other backs more than picked up the slack when Chubb got hurt last week in Dallas. Browns rushed for 307 yards in a 49-38 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas Cowboys to improve to 3-1 and one for the first time since 2001. Cleveland will get a tougher test this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts and their top-ranked defense. So it's a been injuries for the Browns a little bit, uh, but with Chubb out, you got a really good backup in Kareem Hunt who can still do the job and who has done the job in the league. I think this is the offense that was uh, envisioned by by people when they heard Stefanski was coming and they had the two running backs. You know, people forget Kareem Hunt before he had the whole thing, the whole situation where with, with, the, with the one girl uh, that got him ultimately, ultimately released from the Chiefs. He was a top rusher in the NFL. He was an absolute stud. Um, and you saw that again against Dallas. Now, Dallas defense is atrocious. Um, they need to do something. Earl Thomas is still out there. Maybe he can help out a little bit. But, uh yeah, this is what they're supposed to be. I mean, when Dalvin Cook got hurt last year, you know, the Vikings, where Stefanski came from as the offensive coordinator, they didn't miss a beat in the running game. This is what he was known for. He was known for dialing up the run game really well and then taking advantage of some play-action passes once you get the defense to creep up. I mean, their other running back, Johnson, had a pretty decent day against the Cowboys as well. I saw him rip off a couple runs, and he's their third-string guy. So 
this offense is designed for running backs to thrive in, so I don't really expect them to miss much of a beat there. I mean, the O-line is playing way better than it did last year. They're running up and down the field on teams without a problem, and they finally realized that, obviously not Chubb anymore, but their running game, they need to run the ball more than they throw. You can't have Mayfield drop back 40 times if you want to win football games. That's just the reality of where he is as a quarterback right now. You almost need like a, a Mark Sanchez-esque game plan with Mayfield. Because Sanchez was pretty good when you were running the ball with, with Danny and Tomlinson and you know, a couple other backs. Sean Green. Yeah, Sean Green back in, what was that, 2009-10 yep. uh, for the Jets. But they went all the way. I mean, they almost went to the Super Bowl yep. with those two years with Rex Ryan and, and others. But they knew that offense that they had. Sanchez by himself could not throw the ball, and that's why he's, I don't think he's in the league anymore. Uh, but for Baker Mayfield, he can still throw the deep ball. He can still command an offense, uh, but you cannot, he's not a, a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Drew Brees. You know, he is not a, a Tom Brady where they can be a huge impact on the game and, and be the sole reason why they win that game. He needs a little bit of help from the running game. You know, he needs another star player around him. And that's not a bad thing. You no. can still be a successful quarterback and, and have those pieces around you to be successful. But when those pieces left Mark Sanchez, he did not stand up by himself. So maybe it's, I don't want to say that his career is, is shifting towards that. I still think that Mayfield can go out there and, and maybe potentially be a star quarterback in the future. But the way that it is right now, uh, you know, he cannot run the ball. Yeah. Run the ball, utilize the talent that you have around you, and, and, and get through it. The one game they tried to, th- they ended up throwing more than they ran. They lost thirty-eight to six. Yeah, they learned from that week one matchup, didn't they? They've had a, a pretty good year yeah, so this far, year. So good, long so season far. though. We're only a quarter of the way through. By the way, we're all the way through for the sports fan today. We come back your way tomorrow, right at six oh six. And then high school football coming your way on Friday. That's on Power 105 with Athens and Western Brown. For Joy Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening. It's the Sportsman presented by JK Contracting. CBS News at the top of the hour is next right here on 970 WATH.